starving. Can we have crisps? Like clockwork, just as they're in from school. When did this become an everyday thing? Please. Sure, it's only a little treat. No, you're sticking to the new plan. Guys, remember what we agreed. No junk on weekdays. You can have cheese and crackers, yogurt or toast. At 3pm on Tuesday, Joanne started with healthier snacks. Let's go easy on the treats. Start with smaller ones as often to keep your family healthy. Find more ways to start at makeastart.ie. Brought to you by Safe Food, the HSE and Healthy Ireland. Down to business on News Talk. Sponsored by Bank of Ireland. Here to support your business as it keeps building for years to come with dedicated business teams. Now we hear more and more about digital transformation and how if you don't transform, you and your company will be left for dead. I'm delighted to be joined uh, by one of the wor- world's leading authorities on digital transformation, Dr. George Westerman, an MIT Sloan School of Management lecturer. A very good morning to you, George. Oh, good morning to you too. Now, George, can you start maybe by defining what your interpretation of digital transformation actually is? Well, I, I would define what it isn't first. I think that's the easy way. People tend to think when you hear the word digital transformation, you tend to think about the digital. And that's actually not the hard part of the problem. It's really the transformation that matters. So digital transformation is really helping your organization do better, whether that's extending the reach or the richness of the services that you offer using digital. So it's not about being mobile. It's not about having machine learning in. It's about having a better customer relationship. It's about having better operations. And we got to remember that. It's about transformation, not just digital. Well, I think that's a good place to start. And maybe just before we get into the discussion, uh, George, uh, you're going to be joining us here in the Irish Management Institute in partnership with Mason Hayes and Kern on May the 12th. You're holding a master class uh, on preparing for the next wave of digital transformation. So you basically start that with five customer assumptions. And maybe we could go through some of those if we would, because I think it could be helpful. So th- the first one is that customers want the human touch. Is the viability of humans basically under question here? I, I don't think it's really the viability of humans that is under question. I think we often have had humans in the loop where they don't need to be because the, the company or the technology wasn't ready for it. And what we need to do is we need to think about how can we provide personal service without needing a person in the loop? Now, there are certain things. I mean, imagine a funeral home, right? That can't, that can't be done digitally. But there are other things that where digital is just as good, if not better. So I think what we need to do as, as leaders in organizations now is really think hard, especially coming out of this COVID time where we didn't have a lot of personal touch. Where right, do we right. need to put the humans back in the loop? And where might it be better and more convenient for our customers if we just kept the people out of there? George, I don't know about you, but I I know that I get intensely frustrated with banks, with uh, broadband services, with TV subscription services. So clearly they drive to drive you online. Nobody wants to talk to you. Nobody wants to interact with you. And, you know, they're all doing the same thing and they're all preaching about customer service. I just don't think it's good enough. Oh, you know, I think it's just terrible, you know, because the other thing that happens is you call them and they say, call volumes are higher than usual. There will be a longer wait. Are you kidding me? No, you just don't have as many staff on as you used to have. Yeah. Uh, And so don't lie to us when you're starting. Right. No, I I totally agree with you. Uh, And it's really hard with the, the, the telecom providers because you don't have very many options there and they know it. And so they they 
I, I I don't know for sure, but I am convinced that they know that you don't have any other options, so they don't need to treat you well, and are going to make it as miserable as possible to be inhuman, so that that way you go online instead. I want to go in a different place though. Yeah, you know, we kind of have this idea that digital should be cheaper because it's just not that same in person experience, uh, and I'm not convinced that's true anymore. Certainly, the digital books I read online, you know, through Kindle and other things, they cost often just as much as a physical book. And they work better for me because I can read them at night without waking my wife up. Um, but then there's certainly a value for convenience. And if I can do something through virtual, you know, through video, instead of having to go in and park my car and and go there, um, I might be willing to pay more for that. Can we can we stay with price for a second? Because if yes. we take an example of, say, uh, education online, which would have, I suppose really really mushroomed during the pandemic but am i right in saying that there's evidence out there that basically says that the prices of online education even though they moved online didn't actually drop and then that the consumer was actually okay with that certainly that is in many cases that i know i don't want to say it's all the time but certainly here at MIT we are charging the same for our synchronous virtual courses as we are for our in-person courses. And we've not really had uh, a lot of complaint about that. You know, you got to price it by value, right? And, and you know, they're, they're getting this, basically the same value. They don't need to travel. Uh, so if you're not local, let's say, you know, we have, we now have people coming in from Australia. That's a long flight to get to Boston. Yeah. So you can do it, you know, you can do it in the middle of your night and not have to leave town. It's not a bad thing. But can we stay then with um, maybe evidence of using COVID then as a as an excuse for inefficiency or for tardiness or sloppiness? Have you come across that? Let's go back to that example we were talking about a minute ago about the you know the, the cable companies or the banks where you call up and they say, well, you know, higher than custom, higher than the normal volume is being a problem here. You know that may be more of an excuse than anything else, right? Because you just you can staff more people. Uh, or maybe they just don't want to staff more people. Certainly, it can be an excuse. I want to take it a different way, though. There are certainly some restrictions that came in during COVID that we may not want to get rid of. Yeah. So let me give you an example here. I work. I live in this you know semi-urban neighborhood here, and we've got all these squares where the, you know the retail the retail neighborhoods you know all mixed in with the housing, and in those neighborhoods, the restaurants and those kinds of things, they all took away parking spaces during COVID, and they put tables there. And I'll tell you, these are really nice neighborhoods to walk around in. Yeah. And the other thing it did, of course, is it restricted traffic going through the neighborhoods. So maybe we don't give up those spaces anymore. You know, for the locals, it works really well. And for the people that were commuting through my town and it slowed them down, do I really care about them? They're just commuting <laughs> through my town. Right. So there may be some of these restrictions that we don't want to get rid of. Yeah. Uh, and I think people need to think about this really hard, right? So hotels that used to give free breakfast and they don't anymore. Or last time I was in a hotel, the maid only came every second or third day. I didn't mind that. And maybe that maybe we're better off, everybody's better off not having it go back to every day. But can I say one thing to you there, George? And again, if you're in a hotel room and you go into the bathroom and you read a card that says, you know, we're, we're really concerned about the environment. <laughs> and because uh, we're so concerned, we've decided that we're only giving you towels that will last you three days. You seen right. that, yeah? 
Oh, and again, sure. it's a kind of a, it's it's an insult, I think, to sustainability and you know the just cause that is sustainability. Well, you know, you the the problem is it happens enough that it makes you question people's motives. I am absolutely certain that the first couple of people that did that were doing it for exactly the right reason. And then the question that comes later in all the people that follow, are they the right reason or did they just see a convenient excuse? I don't know. You mentioned COVID there and you mentioned a lot of trends that were maybe happening anyway, things like online shopping, things like maybe video medic, me- medical services. And, you know, that we were, we, were, we were forced into a situation where these trends were accelerated. And a lot of those trends may continue. Like, in other words, we won't go back to the, to the way it was because the way it was wasn't perfect either. The big thing we want to ask ourselves is, was the old way the right way? Right. Uh, and in addition, to what extent has the COVID time changed the expectations? So even if it's the right way for those customers, maybe those customers are different now. And so we want to, you want to really test all your assumptions about what's right and ask yourself, maybe is it not right now? Maybe we want to test a new way that might be better. And we've talked about customers certainly with employees too, right? You know, there are lots of experiments going on about, you know, should people keep remote remote working or should they come back to the office? What do we do about paying people in rural? You know, if they're all working in the same place virtually, do we pay the rural people less than the city people because the cost of living is less out there? Well, there was some evidence of that happening, wasn't there? Uh, it's, it's just, it's right mm-hmm. up in the air right now. Companies are really thinking hard about it, right? Are we paying you for a service or are we paying to help you live? Um, it's unclear, but you know, is it fair to pay somebody to do the same work twice as much because they live in an expensive city? Uh, on the other hand, uh, if you're going to pay twice as much for that service, does it matter? You know, you're yeah. getting the service. So it's a big <clears throat> question that's going on right now. So, so when you look at businesses, then George, are you are you sort of suggesting that you should really digest everything that's happened for the last two years, almost? analyze what was good, what was bad, maybe what we want to keep and what we want to get rid of, and maybe really have that discussion across all the digital elements of your business. Across all the elements of your business, not just the digital ones. Yeah. Uh, you know, that everything got thrown up in the, in the air and reconfigured over the last two years. And so it's really a great idea now to think about what's the right way to configure it going forward. And where do we go from here? I heard a lot of advice given to companies that, you know, don't lock anything in in stone, maybe trial something for three months, six months, engage with employees, engage with customers, find out what they want, uh, and then make a decision. Yeah, I mean, the, the key buzzword at the moment is to experiment, right? Try things out, see whether they're working, try them for different segments of customers, different types of roles. And then the ones that are work, you keep them. And the ones that don't work, well, that was just a failed experiment. But, you know, you're not going to be able to make this decision just through logic. You're going to need to try these things out to figure out what works. Yeah. The, the, the impact, though, of a lot of these decisions collectively could be quite significant. If you take, you know, the future use of office space as an example, if it's, you know, if, if, if a lot of people are working from home, does it question the the purpose of city centers and urban centers and their role? Like there are a lot of 
you know, societal things that will be impacted by this? Um, absolutely. Uh, we we want to, you know, certainly in the U.S., people were working from all over the place. People in bad climates like I'm in were working from very good climates and nobody cared. But now they need to come back from time to time. Let me just say, though, that this is these are trends that were before COVID also, right? So with digital, certainly the idea of gig work was different, that um, working remotely was more possible. But think about other things, right? As cars start to drive themselves, then that means your commute can be productive time. And maybe people won't mind commuting quite so much. Yeah. And so that might do the same kind of thing about pushing people out to the hinterlands because it, because life is just better out there. While COVID did it, certainly these trends were in place before. And yeah. we still need to think about them. How do you sort of, or do you, do you look into a crystal ball and try and predict the future now on the basis of these trends? Or do you think there's going to be more change and more events that will will just change the way that we do things as there always has been? Yeah, I mean, the only thing we know for certain is that things are going to keep changing. So that just means stay, you know, stay agile, keep paying attention to the signals you've got. And those signals are requests and also failures and then do a lot of experimentation to, to make it better. If I could say one more thing, Bobby, though, uh, that, that can help, you know, these signals, there's a signal that we reject on a regular basis in most organizations. And that's the stupid questions we get from our new employees. You know, why do we do it that way? That just seems really dumb. Or the stupid requests we get from our customers. And uh, certainly there are a lot of stupid requests. But if you hear the same stupid request four or five or 20 different times, maybe it's not the customer that's being stupid anymore, if you know what I mean. Uh, so that's also a signal that we can pay more attention to. Well, listen, it's been a, it's been a, a wonderful discussion and it's a subject I'm very interested in. Uh, it is all on digital uh, transformation. And we look forward to welcoming you here, George, uh, on May the 12th for the Irish Management Institute. And thanks for sharing your thoughts and wisdom oh, with hey. us this morning. It was great to meet you. I'll see you soon. Up next, it's executive chair time.